1: Hey everybody, this is Micah Burgess. Welcome to Game Day Birds Not Balls. Thanks for joining us. So I started this podcast because in the childbirth world, I saw a need in terms of the information that parents are receiving right now. And there is really some great stuff out there from the birthing community concerning education and bringing awareness to things. But when we highlight only the, hey, no, you're right or the trauma, then we kind of tip the scale a little bit and we end up scaring women in terms of childbirth. So I decided to do something about it and I wrote a book called The Humor in Birth, Stories and Insights from a Doula and basically highlighting an aspect of birth that we just don't hear a lot about, which is the lighthearted, even funny, enjoyable moments. And those moments help remind the mom that she's okay. Everything's normal. She's normal. Birth is normal. That helps her to relax. It brings her confidence. And now we got a positive experience. And so that's what this is all about this podcast. So today I have some guests with me that I'm super excited about two OBGYNs here in our Waco, Texas area. Mm-hmm. Dr. Lacey Kessler and Dr. Haley Voyage Y'all say Hi. 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 <laughs> Yay! I'm so glad y'all are here. Okay, introduce yourselves and tell everybody a little bit about yourselves. All
0: right. Well, I'm Lacey Kessler. I grew up here in Waco and went off and did all my medical training uh, and came back to open an OB/GYN clinic here in town. Um, shortly thereafter, joining up with Dr. Voyage. Uh, I, like I said, I'm from Waco. My family's all here. I have Love two it. little girls um, that go to school here, and great. I don't know.
2: Just. Happy to be home. Um, And I'm Haley Voyage, also a Waco native, um, a little older than Lacey Liu. She's more my age. Yeah, but I went to um, Waco High, and then I went to medical school in Fort Worth, and then did residency in New York City, and came back here, and for about 10 years um, was with Family Health Center. Now I think they're Waco Family Medicine, so that was an awesome experience. Um, But then uh, joined up with Lacey. And um I I have a little boy. I've got two stepsons, so they're um seven, eight, and nine right now, and I have a um awesome, supportive, beautiful wife so we're all just a really fun family wow that is great
1: (laughs) so dr voyage and i found out the other day we the three of us met and we're just talking about i don't know all kinds of stuff and we went to school together which we did not realize she was actually she knew my sister who's a couple years younger than me amelia and so that was fun and and i love meeting true Wacoans. (laughs) like we were cool Wacoans before it was cool to be a Wacoan right and uh, and so I love working with people and talking about how can we improve how can we serve more people in our local area especially when it comes to women and their choices so here we are so I'd like for each one of you to tell the listeners a little bit about why you decided to become an OBGYN
2: I'll go I'll go first okay um, it's, it's just such an amazing field of medicine and you get an opportunity to really empower women. And I think, um, it's fantastic to get to follow somebody from literally probably teenage years and then their families mm-hmm. and then watch them go through relationships and get married and have children and then go through all of the pros and cons of that Mm -hmm. and then so you really get to be part of the whole experience and also it's it is an amazing field because every day can be completely different Mm -hmm. you can be in the clinic and then you can be in labor and delivery and then you can be in surgery and um, so I feel like it's something that every day is is exciting and nothing is the same and you you wind up hearing absolutely everything I love it (laughs) that's so good
0: So for me, a lot of the same things. I knew I wanted to do something hands-on and procedural, which kind of drew me into surgical fields. And as I was going through them, I realized that what was lacking in most of the surgery um, fields was really getting to know people and have relationships with patients. And um, OB-GYN fulfilled that. You get to do medicine, you get to do surgery, you get to do procedures, you get to get Know families and follow them for long periods of time. And I also think there are very few areas in medicine where you get to share like true joy with people. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, people come to the doctor when they're sick and they don't feel good. And you know, you want to take care of those patients, but it's also nice to get to spend a really
1: joyful time with patients as well. Really great point. Really great point because they're not sick. I mean, unless there's some medical issues going on in your pregnancy, right? We're, they're just pregnant,
0: right. right. <laughs> Most of our pregnant women are not sick, thankfully. thankfully.
1: that's so great. And that that's so great to hear because again, like I said, I feel like oftentimes what we read about or hear about are the the rare, you know, the 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 troublesome situations because people are just trying to bring awareness to it. But then you end up thinking that's the norm, right. Mm. And it's not the
2: norm, not the norm.
1: Dr. Kessler and I have worked together several times and I was on Instagram cause I'm, you know, trying to be more of a <laughs> hip, hip, social media businesswoman, which is kicking my butt if I was going to be honest. But so I saw you guys on there, Dearwood women, where did that come from? That title?
0: <laughs> so when I started my practice, it was just my name. Um, right. And then when Dr. Void joined up with me, we were kind of brainstorming, trying to come up with the perfect name for our practice and ultimately we settled on Deerwood because that is the street where we both grew up.
2: No way. I remember Lacey, when we um, came up with this name, we were sitting at D's, I think having lunch together and we had a little napkin and we literally hashed out. the oh business my gosh. And almost all of the, um, and the name and everything on a mm-hmm. napkin.
1: That is so great. And that's how it's done. You guys, I think a lot of people, when they think about starting a business or moving forward in something, it's like you're in boardrooms and you, you know, you got to talk to this, you know, coach or CEO to get started. Nope. You're having lunch with your person and you're right on a napkin yep. <laughs> yeah. and something is
2: boring. Did we save that napkin? I don't think we so. should have saved we that. We should have saved that napkin. Yeah. Hey, if you find
1: it, take a picture, <laughs> put that on Instagram. People will love that for sure. Okay. So I get a lot of questions from clients that hire me or people that are just asking about birth in general, because I'm a, childbirth doula, for those of you that don't know that are listening. And a lot of the questions are, okay, what are my options? Um, What's the difference between um, a midwife and a doula? A lot of people think those are the same thing and they're not. Midwives are like OBs. They're going to deliver your baby. They just don't do major surgery. So they wouldn't do the C-section. And so then they want to know, okay, so tell me the difference between an OB and a midwife or having your baby at a birthing clinic or a hospital and what happens if I'm in the hospital and, you know, there's things that hospital policy wants me to do and something I don't want to do. And so I'm trying to oftentimes answer these questions, talk people down, but I think people would love to hear from an actual doctor who practices at the hospital all the time about helping to just bring some awareness yes to what it's going to look like what your choices are what your options are in terms of having a hospital birth especially when it comes to a more natural experience so what do you guys want people to know about that when you hire dearwood women
0: i think a lot of people kind of come with a preconceived idea that if they're coming to deliver in the hospital that they cannot have sort of the natural experience that they desire right and i think that's not really always true at all um certainly we want them to have the experience that they want to have Mm -hmm. and our jobs are really to be there and make sure that everything is going safely and that we recognize if intervention needs to be done right um and even then you know i don't i don't think i ever force a patient to do anything um but i make sure that they're aware of what's going on and what we recommend um and what the levels of intervention
2: would be Yeah. yeah we I think, we, I think we all want the experience to be um, what the patient and their family wants. We don't want to – we can be as hands-off as yeah. the situation allows for, honestly. Um, there's amazing nurses that are all for women trying to do it all natural and um, there's birthing balls to to move around on. Yep. We have mobile monitors where they can kind of walk around. Y'all which have some great mobile awesome. monitors. Yeah, yes. nothing, nothing worse than being, I mean, stuck in labor, yeah. stuck in bed. Right. You've got to move your body. And your yes. body's moving inadvertently, and you just got to go with it. So I think we, we do a lot of that. And right now, I mean, with COVID mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. being limited with people that can be in the space yeah. and all of that, I mean, I've done... A number of really cool, fun deliveries over Facetime. and wow, um, with, wow. Um, with family members and like cheer squads outside of the the labor out th- of the window. yeah. so I think um, I think a hospital experience is gonna is gonna be safe and is mm-hmm. gonna be,, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we've had all kinds of music and all mm-hmm. kinds of aromatherapy. and um I think I think we can. I think we can be as open as possible.
0: And I just encourage people to to let us know what your desires yes. are because, you know, we can't read your mind and everyone has kind of a different picture of what they yeah. want that day to be like. Yeah. And so don't be shy to ask, but even if it so seems good. like something silly or something that you just kind of presume can't happen, ask because yeah, we can work with you for most most things and we can go over in advance like these are all really good ideas and we support that this we can do. It might not be a good idea for these reasons, but it's still possible so that you can kind of think through it a little bit Mm -hmm. before that day. Cause honestly, once you go into labor, a lot of times you're just so uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A lot of that sort of planning goes out the window. Right. So it's good to have thought about those things in advance.
1: Yeah. Proactive for sure. I'm going to hit on something Dr. Voigt said about, um, moving around. Yeah. And a lot of people think that if you're having a hospital birth, now that means you're stuck in the bed. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I hear is that, that just all be- the time? Is that because of movies and TV
2: shows? That's mm-hmm. just what people see, that yeah. that's what it's well, like. Well, I, th- I think also, you know, once you get your epidural, you are sort of stuck. Of course. So I course. think it's, um, and I think people try to labor as much as possible at home. So it is yeah. sort of like yeah. once I'm at that hospital, I'm I'm there. I mean, maybe one of the reasons is because you're just miserable and it's time to get that. But yeah, absolutely not. I mean, I think it's awesome to be to move around and keep your body going and be active. And um, it, it helps. I mean, it helps your breathing. It's hard yeah. to even breathe yes. well and effectively when you're laying in bed. Yeah. Oh. Could be late from blueberries. So oh. Sorry,
0: it sure
1: is.
2: <gasps> Doctor okay. Kessler's being I'm called
1: away.
2: <laughs> away. Yeah, okay. away for a
0: moment. Happens. Is
1: that okay? Yeah, go for it. Okay, we'll, c- we'll continue um, the conversation. Hey, this is real life. That's what I love. Yeah, real life going on right here. Mm-hmm. And keep see, this going. is
2: me now covering. So now I'm gonna. Yeah, she's gonna <laughs> step away, and I'm gonna now you back, back. each other over. up. Yeah. Perfect. All right, keep going with what you're um, saying. But yeah, I think I think moving around is key, and um, different positions. It helps with breathing. Yeah, um, and. So yeah, for sure.
1: It's so good. I, what I find is that women, especially when you get into active labor and these contractions are getting harder and harder oh. and the, it actually hurts more yeah. when you're in the bed. And then when you get up and you're able to stand up, I don't know, maybe you yeah. just create more room and more space for yourself, but they're like, oh my gosh, that's so much better. Yeah. And so for those of you that don't know, let's say you haven't thought about natural childbirth before or you want to labor as long as you can before you get that epidural, before you're stuck in the bed, then just know that getting out of that bed before you're going to stay in the bed for yeah. good or deliver yeah. baby or whatever really does help alleviate some of that un
2: discomfort yeah. that you're feeling or pain that you're feeling and and also you know people also the fact that when you get to the hospital you've got an IV, mm-hmm. and you know that's mm-hmm. always like oh no now i'm committing myself to uh, i'm i'm in the hospital yeah and they think that even that's going to keep them in bed and i mean these iv poles are mobile you can walk around and um move around with your totally. IV pole, but oh yeah so there's really there let's debunk that whole thing once Love you get it. to the hospital you can still get out of bed
1: Yes. yes. And that's that's so good. That's so important. And and you're I think you're right. I mean, you come in, you get checked in, they're doing all the vitals. Now mm-hmm. you're hooked up to the monitors because we gotta get a good read on baby, see how baby's doing, now right. we've got that IV in, and all of a sudden it's clinical. Yeah. Like at the moment it's okay, well now like okay, do you guys agree with this statement? And I've heard this a lot. Once you introduce something that is more medical or intervention type stuff then you just you chose this path and now you're just going to go downhill and it's just going to bring one yeah. intervention after the other
2: yeah Do you agree with that statement people probably think that yeah and not true i mean there's always a different direction to, to go so if the if the intention is to have as um an unimpeded mm-hmm. birth as possible uh, there's lots of ways to keep redirecting towards that you know intervene and then you can redirect so, yeah yeah
1: Good. Everybody okay, Dr. Kessler? Oh, yes, yes.
2: <laughs> I have a little bit more time. I also, I
0: don't know what y'all talked about while I was gone. Go for it. But I was, as far as movement, I think also just speaking up and letting people know because sometimes you have a support person with you that's mm-hmm. going to say, hey, let me help you get up and move. But a lot of times, maybe the nurses don't volunteer. Do you want to get up and move? Yeah. And people are intimidated to ask because they're attached to things yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. But absolutely yeah. ask and. And we'll help you get up and get going. Yeah.
1: Yes, yes. And, and, and right, because you're attached, so you think – a lot of people don't know – Hospitals, most hospitals have portable monitors. So that's definitely something you can request and ask. If you don't just want to sway right in front of your monitors, you could actually walk in a circle. A lot of my people walk in the halls, not every hospital because of COVID is going to let you walk the halls right now. I have no idea, but the ones here are still allowing that to some degree masked up, but, um, but moving, like I said, moving around. And so even if you are connected to something, you have that IV or whatever it is, yeah, we take that pole. Yeah. I actually call it pole dancing.
2: Yeah, you've got, they've got his <laughs> wheels. There's wheels on that pole. That's
1: right. That's yeah. right. And it moves. And so, you know, that's something, like you said, debunk. Let's debunk this idea, this notion that now, well, gigs up. You know, you just got to throw your whole plan out the window because you're hooked up to this. I would say another one is I get lots and lots of mamas that are scared out of their minds. I mean, most women do not want to be induced, which mm-hmm. I get. I I get that. Let's go into labor on our own spontaneously. That is the goal. That's what we all want. But some of these women think that being induced is from the pit of hell. Like you're going (laughs) to go to hell if you get induced. (laughs) So
2: speak to induction and this fear. Women are so hard on themselves, though, aren't Mm -hmm. they? They're just so hard on themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think in some ways having to be induced is like a failure. Like my body just doesn't work. Why didn't I go into labor? And, um, not true. A lot of times it's just not time yet. So for sure, going into labor, I would always be all four. Right. But, um, at some times you just gotta, just gotta be done. And, and it's, it's just time to, time to make this baby come Yeah. and it's not a failure and it's not a miserable experience. And, um, uh, Pitocin is not the devil <laughs> and, um, it does work and, and there's lots of studies now that show that having an elective induction, you still have a really, really great chance of having a successful vaginal delivery. So,
1: oh yeah, our, um, our yeah. stats are high. Our yeah. percentage is high on a right. vaginal delivery, even if you're induced. Most
0: yeah. of mine are still vaginal deliveries and yeah, sometimes sure. there's medical reasons we need to induce. And yeah, sometimes of course. People just never labor and we need to induce. And Mm -hmm. sometimes there are mommies who just want to be induced um, because it's COVID. And this is when Mm -hmm. their mom can come to town or whatever it is. And I think those women shouldn't feel bad for that either. We all have different, different needs. Um, But people ask me a lot about Pitocin and is labor going to be worse with Pitocin. And there's a lot of, of, thoughts out there on Pitocin. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. for most women, I feel like labor hurts. Oh yeah. No matter how it starts, it's going to hurt. And so what I feel like happens a lot of the time is when we go into labor on our own, maybe we're at the grocery store and you're contracting and you're like, wow, that's uncomfortable, but you're busy doing your shopping and you get home and you're like, wow, that's coming more often, Mm -hmm. but you're distracted Yes, as opposed to just sitting in the bed Twiddling your thumbs, waiting, watching. watching when will I have a contraction? (laughs) When will it work? I think I might be seeing them on the monitor. I don't feel them yet. You know, and so Mm -hmm, it's just mm -hmm. a totally different, different experience. But I think it doesn't have to be a bad one. So,
1: so true. That's one thing we tell our clients. Hey, if you think you're in labor, you've got a few symptoms, maybe you lost your mucus plug. Maybe you've gone to the bathroom a lot, whatever. Just keep doing your day. Mm -hmm. Just. Ignore yeah. it. You know, if you're not having to like stop and pause and breathe, then put the binoculars down, yeah. stop timing them and just do your day. Right. Just yeah. relax and stop focusing on it. And I think that's what y'all are trying to say is that oftentimes when you get to the hospital, you know, you're about to be induced. Now you're I mean, you're just sitting there waiting for something to happen. So yeah, you're totally right. focused on it. And, and we all know that where we are at mentally, this can be a a mind game for sure. I mean, we've seen Mm. women get in their heads, right? It's a mental game. And so that affects you physically. I mean, if you're all uptight in your head, then your body is going to be uptight, right? And so the more you relax, the more you give in to what's going on and let it be okay. Then your body goes, Oh, okay. Just kind of sinks into this process, right?
2: That's another thing too, is that I think you have to recognize that labor is like it is a real process. I mean it yes. is something that your body is designed to do and you can't fight it and you can't control it and it's going to take over at some point. And so yeah. The leas- the less you try to control it and just yeah. kind of go with it right. and be just let it do its let it yes. have its way. Yes. Yes. You know that's yes. kind of the best way to labor whether you're induced or you go into labor on your own just Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to control it. Yeah.
1: Stop you know. trying to resist it. Yeah. Don't resist it. Exactly. <laughs> it's going to keep it's happening. to happen. It happen. <laughs> and actually the contractions are your friend. I mean, that yeah. is what's bringing this baby here. You want them to be consistent. You want them to be strong. You want them to be effective and do their job. Baby yeah. comes quicker. The sooner that happens. Yeah. So good. Okay. So I would love to hear one of the, Either funniest or most enjoyable birth stories or moments in birth that you guys can remember that you've experienced personally.
2: So I'm gonna tell my birth story because I think it's really sort of funny. And I love that I I didn't know I was in labor. Like I literally had no clue. It was my first. I only have one. And I was only like 38 weeks pregnant. So I thought there's no way I'm going to go into labor at 38 weeks. Who does that? I'm going to be the miserable 41 week induction. Right, right. And um, so lo and behold, I then the night before I was, I was, was uncomfortable and I thought I had a stomach ache and I was nauseated and I just had no clue, but I was roaming the halls and, um, my, I had a yellow lab at the time, and she absolutely knew I was in labor. Yes. Because she oh, she animals did are funny. She did not leave my side, and she was up and down the halls with me, and I was like, Parker, what is going on? You know, I'm fine, just don't feel good. And so I lay down and went to bed and, and woke up and still felt kind of, you know, blech. And I wasn't hungry. I didn't eat. But I still put my scrubs on and went to work and did clinic. Wow. And around lunchtime, I'm like, I just, I'm not hungry. Maybe I need to eat. I've got a stomach ache. I just, something's off. I'm not, I'm just, don't feel good. I went to my dad's restaurant. He owns Harold Waits Pancake House. Oh, my god! That's my dad. Yep. Yummo. If and you're I, ever in Waco, I, go
1: to Harold Waits. And I couldn't, show. Even
2: eat, couldn't even eat there. And my mom is like, you just look off. Something is going on. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, what a horrible time to get sick. Here I am about to have a baby, and I'm sick now. I've got a stomach bug. <laughs> horrible. So then I go to the hospital, which was across the street from my office, and I crawl in one of the call rooms and lay down there and turn the lights off. And so I lay there for about an hour still totally oblivious to the fact that lady obstetrician you are in (laughs) labor latent labor you know obviously i wasn't just having rip-roaring contractions right something was happening yeah and so then i get out and i walk up to the nurse's stand and i probably look a little disheveled and there's a labor ball actually out there and i just plop down on this labor ball (laughs) and i start rolling around they're like voyage what is going on with you i'm like i don't know y'all i feel terrible and they're like, go get in a room. I bet you're in labor. And lo and behold, oh I was like five centimeters.
1: There you go. That's and how you I do it, people. About 10 hours later. Oh my gosh.
2: Like, I mean, how are my patients ever going to com- believe me ever again? Because I didn't even know that I was in labor. That's awesome. I, yeah.
0: al- I also had complete labor denial <laughs> with both of my children, in fact. But my first one, I was in residency. And I remember saying, I just, it felt off all day. I had been off all day. I was supposed to do my last 24 hour call the next day. And so it was a Friday afternoon. And I I remember saying out loud, like, I just feel so bad. I secretly wish I'd have this baby and not have to be on call tomorrow. (laughs) Wow. And so I go home and then lo and behold, my mom shows up from Waco. I was in Amarillo and she's like, I just have a feeling you're going to have the baby this -uh. weekend.' And I was like, you do. Why would you say that? I'm only 38 weeks. Mm -hmm. Same thing. And she said, oh, I just have a feeling, honey. And she made me chicken and rice for dinner, and I ate, and I just felt yucky, and I went and laid down, and I got up in the night, and I felt awful, and I had all this back pain. And I convinced myself that I had a kidney stone. (laughs) Okay. And so, I i mean, I knew I was contracting, but I just, I was like, it's just this horrible back pain to have a kidney stone. And so, finally, <laughs> I, I was going in to be on call at my shift at 7, and I called my ob and I was like, I think I have a kidney stone, but I'm on call today. Oh, my goodness. And do you have any suggestions? Like, what should I do? To- and he
1: was like, Dr. Kessler,
0: you... Are in labor? Dr. You need Kessler. to go to the hospital, and I was like, "No, I don't. I don't think so." So oh, I told my husband, goodness. "I'm like, come with me just in case." But I'm pretty sure I, I had all my stuff to be on call, and so they checked me, and I was like four, four or something. Yeah. I yes. was like, "That's not labor," and I didn't want to call my chief and tell them that <laughs> I was in labor because I was I had said out loud the day before I didn't want to be on call, so I Uh-oh. thought everyone would think Uh-oh. I was faking it. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I had my baby two hours later. No (laughs) way. Okay,
1: so you know you hear that uh, phrase that teachers don't make very good students, like they're the ones that are in the back of the class talking and all that. Okay, so in my (laughs) humble opinion, doctors don't make really great patients either. Terrible. (laughs) Terrible. But
0: you know what? It makes me feel when I'm talking to patients and they're like, "How am I going to know if I go into labor?" And you tell them the basic things of contractions Mm -hmm. is close and they're getting stronger. If your water breaks, right? Well, how will I know? And, you know, I, I just kind well, of reassure them that even I didn't know. Yes. I tell people they how to know every single day and still I didn't know. But something happens that eventually yes. drives you to be evaluated.
1: Correct. <laughs> Correct. That's the thing. If you, especially if you're a first time mom, if you're not quite sure if you're in labor or not, you're not. Probably in labor. <laughs> but, it's, but but if you are a veteran and you've had a baby before and you're like, oh, I'm pretty sure I'm in labor, you better Probably get in your car are. and go. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's just happening. If you already decided you're in labor, right? That's kind of that mental thing that we were just talking about a second ago. Uh, I don't know. And, you, and y'all were giving into it, even though you didn't realize you were. You certainly weren't resisting it in terms of, uh, I don't know. You're just doing your day. I think that's so good, so important. All right. So, in terms of your practice right now, There are some really great, fun things happening that people may not know about that goes on in your practice, things that you guys are offering. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about what you guys are doing?
0: Well, you know, through the years, we take care of all women and we have our OB practice, which is what we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. We also have our gynecology practice Mm -hmm. and there's certain things you just hear over and over again that women need help with. And it all kind of started, I think one of the common complaints and maybe people don't even realize it's a common complaint is, you know, oh, every time I sneeze I leak a little bit. Yeah. You know, or since I had that baby or since I've gotten older or, you know, and and so many women complain about this. And that's kind of where it all started mm-hmm. for us. Um is we went to do some research on different things we could do about that and got into some radio frequency treatments to assist wow. that. And then just listening to people, um, you know, oh, well, now that I had my baby, what can you do about these stretch marks? What can we do Mm -hmm. about my loose skin? What can we do? I think I want a tummy tuck. I think I want a tummy tuck. I had got questions all the time. Can, when you do my C-section, since I have to have a C-section, can you just do a tummy tuck? Yeah. And... You know, most women, there are women who definitely want a tummy tuck and that is wonderful, but most women don't really know what the recovery oh is my like. Oh gosh, yeah. From that. I and had a
1: friend that didn't. She's like, "Oh, what was I thinking? This is yeah. terrible."
0: Yes. And so a lot of women, you know, really don't need or desire that perfect tummy tuck surgery that they would, you know, yeah. the perfect body that they would achieve that way or what they see as perfect. Mm-hmm. A lot of them just want to feel a little bit more like they did before. feel good in their clothes again, feel like themselves again. And so um, that's what we've brought in. It's just a bunch of different procedures to help women start to feel themselves again that require very little um, recovery time. Gotcha. So some that help tighten skin, some that help remove fat, some that help with stretch marks. Wow, so cool. Vaginal procedures, um, you know, and they kind of evolved from there the more, more things people say, well, oh, well, what can you do about this? Mm-hmm. Then we start to research and well, what can we do? But I think it's all focused on what's safe, what gets you back um, to being a mom yeah. and a wife and a, and, you know, business owner or mm-hmm. whatever you mm-hmm. are because um, we are all so busy and very few of us have the time to carve out to to do a big procedure.
1: Yeah. So true. That's so good. This has been so much fun. I hope that All of you listeners out there really gained some great information and um, I would love for you to come and check out, if you're here locally in Waco, Deerwood Women. Check them out on Instagram. What else? How else can people find you guys, follow you guys? What's a good avenue besides Instagram?
0: We're on Facebook. We have a website,
1: DeerwoodWomen.com. I really, really appreciate what you guys do for our women here in Waco. And um, thanks for coming. Thank
0: you. Thanks.
1: Hey, thanks for joining me on Game Day, Birds Not Balls. You can follow me on my Instagram page at MyDoulaMica. You can also find me on Waco WagoDoula is on Facebook. And if you like what you heard, you can subscribe or you can find us on RogueMediaNetwork.com. Thanks for joining us. This has been a Rogue Media
0: Podcast.